0: Nothing speaks better for our product than actually receiving our product. We always say it's like opening an iPhone box where it has a lot of bells and whistles in the packaging and the hang tag and the booklet and the cost of us sending it out for the postage and the product. The ROI in that is probably a 20X, every single time, no matter what.
1: Some products are new and cutting edge. They're exciting and they make people rethink how they live or work. And then other products are umbrellas. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with umbrellas. I just don't find myself thinking about them or buying them very often. And that's one of the problems that Tyler Cooper says they're overcoming at Weatherman Umbrella. Tyler is the chief revenue and partner at Weatherman. And on this episode of Up Next in Commerce, he told me all about what it's been like trying to disrupt an industry that hasn't really seen any innovation in 50 years. The conversation was really interesting, especially because Weatherman isn't just thinking about making a product that protects people from the elements. Weatherman has big plans that involve data, apps, partnerships, custom features, and more. Weatherman is thinking long term and it's already working out great because the company has inked major partnerships in the golf world with Arnold Palmer and the Ryder Cup and has gotten his foot in the door at big box stores such as Dick's and Golf Galaxy. And Tyler says that's just the beginning. So grab your rain boots and prepare for an epic episode. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent state of commerce report.
2: Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word.
1: Before we dive into the episode, I want to let you in on a little secret. Did you know that Mission has the number one e-commerce newsletter? It's amazing. It has really good news and insights and case studies that you will not find anywhere else. So go subscribe. Mission.org slash upnext in commerce. All right, on to the show. Hey there and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. This is your host, Stephanie Postols, CEO at mission.org. Today on the show, we have Tyler Cooper, who currently serves as the Chief Revenue Officer and Partner at Weatherman Umbrella. Tyler, welcome, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me, Stephanie. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on too. So I want to first start the conversation around Christmas trees because I read a super cute story and I was hoping you could kind of tell me about your love of Christmas trees and how it has impacted your life.
0: That's a great leading question. So Christmas trees, when I was a 22-year-old, led me down a really interesting path. My first job out of college was working at the U.S. Tennis Association and In sports marketing, they don't pay you a ton of money. So when I was 22, I had an idea after seeing someone walk down the street dragging their Christmas tree in New York City, which was to start a white glove on-demand Christmas tree delivery service that basically took care of all the hassle around the holidays. Fast forward nine years uh, from my sports marketing life, I delivered the last Christmas tree before I sold the company, and I knocked on the door, person opened, and it's now my wife.
1: Wow. How did you even get that, like, get in with her from delivering a Christmas tree? Because most women be like, thank you.
0: (laughs) Megan had been ordering trees for five years. And I had not been delivering for about seven years because I was trying to focus on my day job and I let other people run this night job. But then as part of the sale to my largest competitor in New York City, he asked me to get out there and deliver some trees. And literally the last one after 21,000 deliveries that my company did over nine years uh, I opened the door and it was her. And oh my gosh. She, uh, she asked me a very uh, uh, a question on a text message that was, how do I get sap off my hands? Just follow up to the delivery. And, and that was it.
1: <laughs> like, I will personally come over and help you wash your hands. <laughs> and you're in. <laughs> oh my it. gosh, that's great. That needs to turn into um, an entire Hallmark movie. Someone out there, please make that. Tyler needs that.
0: Let's do it. That's really cute. That'd be awesome.
1: So you ran this business for nine years. I mean, tell me a bit about like, what was that like? Scaling the company up. And, you know, I mean, it seemed like it was a pretty large operation in New York. Tell me a bit about that.
0: The last couple of years, we had 45 delivery guys, 10 10 trucks running 20 hours a day. A lot of my delivery guys were golf caddies because it was December. They didn't have work. They were used to dealing with super high end clientele. But I think a lot of my experience in, in business and life was actually shaped from this company, as crazy as that sounds, because you only have one chance to make it perfect. Mm -hmm. When you're delivering a Christmas tree in New York City to a very high-end building, a very uh, powerful CEO, there's no make good, there's no redo. And a lot of that experience, um, I also learned at the US Tennis Association where it's a two-week event, Mm -hmm. right? You come in, your guests, it's the largest annually attendance sporting event in the world and your guests have one chance to, to make it perfect. And I think between Trees and my first job, it's really taught me kind of everything I need to know. Uh, There's a grocery store chain in Connecticut where I grew up called Stu Leonard's. And they have a plaque when you walk in and it says, rule number one, the customer is always right. And rule number two, refer back to rule number one. And I I just think about that with everything I do and how we've shaped weatherman. It was really just the forefront of of Christmas trees into this, of you have one chance to make it right.
1: Oh, I love that. I mean, I can definitely see so many lessons being pulled from that company, even thinking around like peak demand and, you know, trying to figure out the pricing around that. And then you've got, I mean, you're essentially running an entire FedEx like delivery route. And oh my gosh, it seems like the supply
0: chain side of Christmas trees is a wild, wild ride, you know, getting them in a 600 square foot lot, having only so much space, having to get them delivered at odd hours the night, you know, based on demand planning and everything Mm -hmm. you just said. It almost, it almost took me down, but I met my wife. It led to meeting my business partner in Weatherman, and so we think it's unlocked a thousand things.
1: That's so fun. So you also have a history in sports, which I also kind of wanted to learn more about before we dive into Weatherman. So tell me a little bit of background there.
0: Yeah, so I started my career at the U.S. Tennis Association doing corporate sponsorship sales and corporate hospitality sales. Ended up uh, landing some some, uh, really large partnerships in both uh, the sponsor world and hospitality world. The U.S. Open Tennis is the largest annually attended sporting event in the world, mm-hmm. and it's only two weeks as I used to be before. So it's really get in uh, crazy hours, and then you know you have the rest of the year to recover. Yep. And from there, I went. I wanted more media experience. And I'm going to talk a lot about that, hopefully, today with, with Weatherman and the convergence of, of media and affiliate and editorial on the business side. Uh, I went to Gannett and USA Today Sports to oversee partnerships and properties to really monetize non-media assets across the company. And put more i p and designations and sponsorship packages together instead of squares and rectangles uh mm-hmm. that that Gannett's used to selling, yep,
1: yeah. so now it seems like you were in a big seasonal place for a while, you're doing Christmas trees, you're doing you know tennis stuff. it's like go hard for you know a few months. now you're at Weatherman, which seems like that's all year long. so tell me a bit about what is Weatherman, what's the technology there, what's the product?
0: yeah. It's interesting because people are like, well, how often does it rain?
1: Every day in some place. Probably
0: rains somewhere every single day. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's why I'm like, it's not seasonal. This is a year long uh, thing.
0: People people are so like local in their thinking, Mm -hmm. but no, it's not raining in Texas today, but it's probably (laughs) raining at four (laughs) o'clock in Florida. Weatherman was really born uh, from this idea. My business partner, Rick Reichmuth, who's a national TV meteorologist, he wanted to essentially just redefine the umbrella and how do we make it? better, stronger, make a brand out of it. And we always joke, Rick and I joke, he's stood in a thousand storms all over the world, covering it on TV. I've stood in a thousand storms from my, I played uh, college division one golf and and, uh, a lot of travel. So from my business experience, his meteorologist experience, we kind of put our heads together to to figure out the secret sauce Mm -hmm. of how to make a perfect umbrella. And I think we just wanted to make it where you never have it collapse. You never have it invert or break and then make it into experience. So we have packaging. It comes in a beautiful gift box. It comes with a hang tag and the story of how we were born. It's really just helping, helping our customers like, take a negative experience of going out in the rain mm-hmm. and turning into a positive one of confidence it takes to take it outside. Take it outside our tagline. We put it on everything. And just changing that mindset of dreading going outside into, oh, wow, I'm going to go tackle anything.
1: I love that. So how are you guys different? Because I'm thinking like, what's been holding up this market? Why is umbrellas like, why have umbrellas stayed the same for so long? And how did you all go into it and be like, ah, obviously these things need to change and we're going to do that.
0: Yeah. So we really, we've put a lot of money and a lot of time into the R&D involved into a better umbrella. So, there's a couple of features that I think set us really apart. The thickness of the ribs, so the actual attachments on top of the umbrella, uh, ours are wider and stronger. There's reflective piping around all of the sides of the umbrella. So, in New York City, when you are under an umbrella and it's a black umbrella and it's raining sideways and the bus comes, it sees you yeah. versus not seeing you. So every single one of our umbrellas, if, even if it's the U.S. Ryder Cup team umbrella to the one that I carry, in my briefcase, has reflective piping around um, so you can get seen uh, when it's dark out at night. The handle is a, a type of rubber that doesn't get tacky. It doesn't get wet. The fabric is a completely moisture-wicking fabric where you don't have to shake out the umbrella after mm-hmm. you get home. It just dries off automatically. And then our golf umbrellas have the highest level of UV sun protection. So it's UPF 50 plus on the golf umbrella. Also my golf background, we've added some features that are now patented in the golf umbrella. There's a mesh pocket inside of it, allowing you to keep your golf uh, scorecard or golf glove dry. Also on one of the ribs in the golf umbrella, there's a sticky coating to one of the ribs. So you, when you drape your towel over the top of it, your towel doesn't slip off. And those wow. are just some fun things that when you're developing a product, you put everything you got into it and yeah. come up with some cool different ideas.
1: My gosh, I love that. Now, what was also so interesting to me when I saw your company pop up on our radar was the fact that you all have an app. And you're, you, you're mentioning this experience thing, which you wouldn't normally associate with an umbrella company. So tell me about how you guys are thinking about you know blending in technologies and apps and creating experiences along with the product.
0: Yeah. So when we developed Weatherman, we wanted to also alleviate the pain points that came with... Umbrellas, which we felt are you don't know when you're going to bring them and you don't know where you left it if you did leave it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, the people that did proactively invest in umbrella oh crap, I didn't bring it today and it's going to rain. Yep. And oh, I left it in the taxi. And so, we wanted to obviously make a, a product that was durable and the last one you're ever going to buy. And we always think of ourselves as trying to be Yeti for umbrellas, mm-hmm. where that, that all the cinnamons that you come with Yeti. All those amazing thoughts we want to put into this product. So we then put it into an app that allows you to find it where you left it, tells you on days you need to bring it based on the weather forecast. And so, if you're going to invest in a fifty-nine to eighty-five dollar umbrella, mm-hmm. um, those features are also there to, to help you out.
1: Oh wow, that's great! And what kind of traction have you seen? You know, are people like your customers really getting in there and downloading the app and? Uh, because sometimes you know a lot of products they have all these features and then customers don't even know about them. Or you're like, oh, no one downloaded the app, or oh, no one is using my golf <laughs> hanger for the towel because they didn't even know about it. So like, how's that been working? You know, from what you guys are seeing?
0: Yeah, it's it's part of an education, and I think it's the the app adoption rates. About fifty percent of our customers have downloaded the app, which we think is is good. Yeah, uh, we we. Have a very wide variety of audience. We have an audience that follows uh, Rick on TV. We have a golfing audience that mm-hmm. sometimes skews a little older. Our top selling skate states are uh, Florida, Texas, New York. So you know the app adoption into that older segment hasn't been there, but mm-hmm. onto this more urban, um, younger segment, the app has been great. And it's it just a, it's a great PR story. It's a great differentiating point when we're talking about unique selling propositions along with the physical features of the umbrella. It tells a nice technology story. And we also have a bunch of patents secured on the app and then the, the data side of things. So the ability to collect real-time data from the umbrella, uh, we have secured all the IP and the patents around that. And we're kind of just holding on to it now until we have the right strategic partner to deploy
1: it. Okay, wait, back up. I want to hear about what do you mean the umbrella is collecting data? Like what do you, what's your guys' vision uh, behind that?
0: Yeah. I mean, our our long-term vision is ways for weather. And how do we take the ability to to collect real-time data from the umbrella, umbrella open, umbrella closed, and then matching that with location data and mapping out weather on a hyper-local basis. Mm. We haven't deployed any of this technology yet, but we knew that uh, in terms of uh, weather and predictive uh, weather forecasting, that there's a void in hyper-local weather data. Mm -hmm. And we feel like weathermen you know, as a consumer product is unbelievable. weatherman as as an IoT product is is a really cool concept. It's waiting until the time is right to deploy it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much that people don't even understand when they're even, you know, interpreting the weather. I know just the other day, someone's like, oh, that 50% doesn't mean there's a 50% chance of rain. It means like 50% of your area, like could experience rain at this time. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's right. I don't know. But I was like, I didn't know that. Like, I'll trust you if that's what you say. And it seems like there's so much that could happen because like you said, people just looking at a forecast might not even know what they're looking at right now.
0: Exactly. You nailed it.
1: So what other big bets are you guys making around technologies or earlier you mentioned like media? Like, how are you guys thinking about incorporating that and building out a community? Because it seems like you have some avid fans who use this your your, your umbrellas.
0: Yeah, I mean, community is it's, it's an interesting word that we're trying to really work as hard as we can to develop this lifestyle mm-hmm. brand and develop weatherman outside of a physical consumer product, but into a lifestyle product and lifestyle marketing. You know, We've been 80% direct to consumer through our website over the last three and a half years since we launched in, in uh, very late 2017. And I think the ability to know who our customers are, to, to know their interests, to, to know uh, that they've bought a bunch of umbrellas over the last Mm -hmm. lifetime value of the customer, uh, has allowed us to develop, you know, into more of a lifestyle. I think being a D2C company, the ability to use technology and affiliate and just going outside of our kind of core, uh, Facebook and Google customer acquisition routes is we've been, been really lucky to kind of crack open some of these other channels Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a crazy run over the last couple of years.
1: Cool. I could, I could see partnerships being a nice angle too of, you know, going to all the weather stations, every weatherman gets, you know, your brand of umbrella. Are you able to kind of strike up partnerships like that? Or I don't know how weather stations work. So maybe they're like, no, it's only my umbrella that, you know, my yeah, weatherman no, uses. We,
0: we have, there's two really fun holidays in the, in the weather umbrella space. There's National Meteorologist Day and there's National Umbrella Day. Oh, and I didn't we, even know that was
1: a thing. That's great.
0: Yeah, a lot great. of fun made up holidays that we can take advantage of. And, and so for both of those holidays, we, we do a, a really good outreach to a lot of local meteorologists, mm-hmm. get them our product. Um, sampling has been huge for us. But on the partnership side, I think that's really where we've taken off. And my background being in sports and golf, we've had a unbelievable roster of partners that have allowed us so much credibility to go in and scale our direct-to-consumer business. Mm-hmm. So an example of that is we've been the official supplier for the U.S. Ryder Cup team in 2018 and again in 2020. And so for us to be able to supply the top golfers in the world at the largest event in the world, our product, mm-hmm. um, and being able to use that storytelling capability and to use that to sell our product on the website to sell more product at retail has been a a huge thing for us. And not only Ryder cup, but the president's cup and the soul hunt cup the three largest team events in the world. We've been able to be there, the supplier, uh, we've had a awesome partnership with folds of honor, which gives scholarships to fallen soldiers families. We've donated $225,000 over the last three years back to folds of honor, which has given us again, a lot of credibility. And then we have a really cool partnership with Arnold Palmer that we, uh, we have loved doing over the last couple of years.
1: Tell me a bit about the last one, the partnership with Arnold Palmer. How did you strike that up and what did you guys partner on?
0: Yeah. So our partnership with Arnold Palmer, they actually approached us um, to to be able to make Mr. Palmer's logo into an umbrella. So his logo has been around for 60 years. It's an umbrella. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's on every iced tea can around the world. And so, For us to be able to make this collection and this line honoring his heritage is just so cool and it gives us not only a lot of of visibility and eyeballs around his tournament and some of the big moments in his career but we can't keep these in stock it's so much fun um, because the designs are really really cool and different and he has such a loyal following and around his tournament week especially we we see these things sell like hotcakes and turn into feeding frenzies which is uh well, our head of marketing loves from a customer acquisition standpoint.
1: Yeah, I bet. I mean, how much of the work is kind of on them to promote and share and get in front of their audience versus you guys? Like what does that partnership really look like?
0: Yeah, it's it's a probably a 50-50 partnership. Mm-hmm. We we certainly sell it from our website, so a lot of the work there is to go out and find the Arnold Palmer enthusiasts uh, through different acquisition channels, but then Arnold Palmer does a great job of having us represented on site at their PGA Tour event in in March every year. They have done an unbelievable job connecting us with other partners. We're now making all of Cobra Puma's PGA Tour umbrellas. So any of the Cobra Puma PGA Tour players you see out there and their umbrella is now a a weatherman that's slightly co-branded. So the Arnold Palmer group has been amazing. And and I think us having these different tentpole partnerships from Arnold Palmer to Ryder Cup to, to President's Cup has allowed us to really just build a big brand in the golf space. And we've seen golf sales just skyrocket over the last couple of months. And golf's only one of the few COVID-friendly things you can do out there. And uh, we've seen that in our sales uh, for sure.
1: There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're gonna go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host Albert Chow as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't talk about, publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. I love that. I mean, that just shows the point of you get that one good customer or partner, whoever it is. Like once you get that one big whale, then everything gets easier, especially if you're getting introductions and you've got something to point back to, kind of like your proof of work. and yeah. that That's amazing. I want to touch on the branded content piece too. thinking about these golfers walking around with your umbrellas and trying to figure out like, how do you guys track maybe the ROI on that? Because you're saying, you know, it's doing really well. And obviously, you know, it's great product placement. These are semi influencers are definitely influencers in the golfing space. How do you guys track kind of how that's doing versus maybe other marketing methods?
0: So we're not paying for any of these deals, which is a, you know, from a, from a customer acquisition (laughs) perspective, a great thing. So we're really just getting supplier rights and designations. And in return, you know, it's all kind of upside for us. Mm -hmm. We have, for the last couple of years, gotten the golf digest editor's choice award where we have, uh, they've written about us as the best umbrella. And so then that kind of merges into affiliate, which has been great. But from a, from an ROI, from a partnership standpoint, we have had unbelievable success selling out of a lot of these SKUs. And so from a brand building and sales perspective, there's, there's really nothing better for our brand.
1: Okay. So how would you advise a new brand to do that then? I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listening is like, um, that sounds like a dream. How do I you know, get top athletes to be wearing or using my product? And I mean, how would you advise someone to do that from the outside?
0: So I think a lot goes back to when we talked about earlier is quality of the product. Mm -hmm. We came into a category that hadn't been disrupted in 50 years, probably since the double canopy umbrella. And so I think product innovation is the forefront of who we are and people want to align with that. And people want to align with a, a brand that is on the cutting edge of durability and quality and, we've been vulnerable and that's one of my things that i think it has gotten us to kind of where we are is vulnerability and you know asking for favors but mm-hmm. asking for for the right favors and i think if we were just another umbrella brand that came around that had the same technology and the same features that everyone's had we wouldn't have a chance but i think putting the time into the r&d and what makes a better umbrella and asking our customers all over the world you know customer feedback customer listening has um, really allowed us to, to get to this next level. Yeah.
1: And then I'm assuming you're also sending out kind of products to where you want to be featured at. I mean, when you're getting on these lists, when you're getting these partnership deals, are is that because you're sending your product out for free to them?
0: Yeah. Nothing speaks better for our products than actually receiving our product. Mm-hmm. We always say it's like opening an iPhone box where it has a lot of bells and whistles in the packaging and the hang tag and the booklet. And the cost of us sending it out for the postage and the product, the ROI in that is probably a 20X every single time, no matter what. We see a ton of success when it comes to holiday gift guides, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, over 50% of revenue comes in, in the fourth quarter. So we know that the holidays are big. Going back to my Christmas tree roots, I could probably use a little pause on the, on the holiday madness, but hey, it is what it is.
1: Sticking it with seasonality there.
0: Yeah. And then it's taking, it's taking those awards and these partnerships and, and turning it into affiliate deals where everyone is now uh, mm-hmm. part of the upside.
1: I, I love the idea too of niching down. I mean, you guys you know, started with one product and then you're like, and now we're going to take it to like, the golf scene and kind of figure out exactly what they want. And I don't see enough products doing that. I mean, a lot of them kind of start with one big overarching one and they just kind of stay there. How are you guys thinking about doing that with yours and where else do you plan on going?
0: So when we first launched in 2017, we didn't have a golf umbrella. Mm-hmm. We just had a, a small collapsible limit in a stick umbrella. And then about six months later, we lost our golf. And so I think we're always, always trying to figure out what's next. Yeah. I know at the end of the day, we only want to make amazing umbrellas. Like mm-hmm. that is our goal. We never want to be one of those brands that has 3000 SKUs, where if you look at the rack, you're like, is that, the, is that $10 yeah. one, the good one, or is the hundred dollar one, the best one? We just want to be seen as, Hey, it's a weatherman. It's going to be amazing. I think as we look at other products, there's there's a lot of opportunities, but I think we really want to focus on other types of umbrellas, sun umbrellas, kids umbrella, yep. other licensed umbrellas. That's on our, on our roadmap for 2022.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, I know you're probably starting to think now with a two month old about, hmm, kids need umbrellas. And with a two-year-old, three-year-old, I, I always think that every time they're trying to like struggle walking with it, it's flying all over the place. It's heavy. It's too big for them. I'm like, why aren't there better kids umbrellas that aren't just actually kids umbrellas that don't function well? They're just cute and they don't function.
0: Totally. And they're more of a novelty really <laughs> and disposable as we say. So the kids umbrella is a huge focus for us. We have a partnership with a, a very large TV, well-known TV show that's going to launch in 2022 just on the, on the kids umbrella. And I think they're going to do really, really well.
1: Wow. You guys with your strategic partnerships, really <laughs> good. I mean, I think when it comes to niching down in these certain vertical so like how do you go about figuring out what exactly you want on that umbrella like is it you know straight to talking to customers doing surveys research like how do you guys go about figuring out the exact bells and whistles you want on the new product or the version 3 product
0: yeah so we do a ton of customer listening mm-hmm. it's it's really important that all of us pick up the phone and talk to our customers it's something that i i brought over from my christmas tree days you know customers always right so desk research from surveys, customer listening. We also ask a lot of industry players, whether it's in the golf space or in the fashion space, we, we want feedback and mm-hmm. we constantly get it. And so our golf umbrella, perfect example, you know, some of the feedback we've gotten is, oh, it's, it's too heavy. Well, yeah, it's heavy because it's durable and really, really strong, mm-hmm. but to make it lighter um, you know, it's definitely a focus of ours. So we're going through that process now and changing the handle and changing the design so, you know, it's, it's something that we always want to be innovating just to make it better and better.
1: I want to touch on Amazon as well. Like, what is your guys' strategy there? I know that you said that, you know, you lean hard into D2C and that was taking off. How are you guys approaching Amazon?
0: Yeah. So Amazon is going to be about 20% of our revenue this year. We only started it two years ago and it's growing, growing like a weed. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to get our web store in our e-commerce platform from Weatherman Umbrella set up and fully baked before we launched Amazon. Mm -hmm. Really from a control perspective, we want to be able to control the narrative that went out. We want to know who our customers were. Uh, Amazon, you're going into this little bit of a black box and it's been really successful, and we never we never saw the growth that we thought we would see, but it's been it's been great. We recently changed over from Shopify to Salesforce Commerce Cloud to, to focus on the future of our e-commerce brand. But at the same time, we think that the Amazon growth and keeping a lot of our licensed products on our website and some of our core products, making sure they're always in stock in Amazon has been a great strategy. And uh, it, it's it's definitely paying off.
1: That's awesome. What were you guys maybe struggling with that made the switch? You know, for your commerce platform, like what things were maybe busting at the seams that you're like, we need to solve this, and we have to switch right now.
0: We had a ton of band aids. Yeah, <laughs> and powering our previous. That's
1: when you know things aren't going well. When you're like, okay, everything's a little quick fix here, quick fix here, and.
0: FML. Yeah. And, and site speed and conversion rates were all kind of coming back into all of these different plugins and band-aids. And mm-hmm. I think as we saw our business, 80% of our business has been direct consumer over the last couple of years, but that, you know, it, it only gets more expensive and harder to scale. So we started thinking about all right, other channels to diversify into. Amazon was one of them. Custom and corporate has been a huge vertical for us. Mm-hmm. People want brands, right? You don't want an umbrella anymore. You want a weatherman. You don't want a cooler. You want a Yeti. Yeah. And I think as we as we position ourselves in the promotional industry, it's been a great vertical for us. And then retail. I think we have done a really good job. We're in dick Sporting Goods and Golf Galaxy around the country. Mm-hmm. And I think for a golf umbrella that's $85, to be able to go in a store, open it up, you know, experience what a better umbrella is is going to do wonders for our e-commerce business. So I know a lot of people are scared of retail and scared of the box, and sure we are. We're only a eight person company, and you know, a large PO from a retailer is is sometimes tough to manage. But I think us having this sampling of of golf shops and exporting it to Golf Galaxy to experience this product is is just it's been great for the brand.
1: Yeah. So when are you guys going to be live and in- Dick's Sporting Good, which side note, we just had them on the show. So someone should, everyone should go check them out. That was an awesome episode. But yeah, when are you guys going live?
0: Yeah, so it's it's just started and wow. we are in uh, most of their stores and 100% of the Golf Galaxy stores. It's more of a, uh, a test with our Arnold Palmer collection. Mm-hmm. So it's just our Arnold Palmer collection. Mr. Palmer was from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Dick Sporting Good based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And that's where they wanted to start with.
1: That's cool. I mean, how did you get in you know, with Dick Sporting Goods and Golf Galaxy, because I'm thinking, okay, a person company, you know, you guys are still kind of small, maybe to them. How did you get your foot in the door to then be, you know, featured?
0: Well, Stephanie, you talked about the power of a sample.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Power of a sample showing up in our gift box Mm -hmm. with our messaging. And it's just, it's, it's a magical experience pulling out of the box. And that's how we got in there. And uh, that's how we've just had a lot of success just getting the product, handwritten notes. I'm a huge handwritten note person mm-hmm. and, you know, get it done.
1: My gosh, that's great. So who are you sending these samples to? Like, are you just going straight to the top? Are you going to the, you know, buyer? Or who are you sending them to?
0: So it's a, a normally a parallel path, to be mm-hmm. honest, I go straight to the top and then I mm-hmm. go to the buyer and I hope there's a communication back and forth. And, and with, uh, Dix there was, and with, some of these other partnerships, it's it's more kind of middle level. Um, someone that knows that they can move through a lot of these products on the shelf if mm-hmm. they can be a champion for us. We we see sometimes a little bit of a struggle though. It's an umbrella, mm-hmm. and I think as we talked about earlier, the connotation of umbrella is like, oh, I don't need it. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've bought a thousand things, and umbrella is not one of them. And I think that's our challenge: is am I going to go out and buy the last umbrella I'm ever going to buy at? $55 to $85? Or am I going to buy five $10 umbrellas on the street that's going to basically be disposable and end up in a landfill? So it's finding those champions inside these companies and these partners to allow us to, uh, to, to get in.
1: When thinking about retail right now, because it's a newer thing for you, how are you guys preparing? I mean, are you worried about all of a sudden a big surge in orders or like what kind of things are you doing right now to prepare for that?
0: Yes. I mean, on the golf space, demand planning is basically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we never saw this trend coming, mm-hmm. but knowing that this is a huge e-commerce year, uh, the holiday season, I think is going to be unprecedented in terms of buying, but also unprecedented in terms of of the shipping struggles and the delays that mm-hmm. we've seen both internationally and domestically. I think we have to, as a company do uh, put a lot of effort into communication and timelines, it's going to be a very slow season. Mm-hmm. And I think messaging that ahead of time is going to be important because at the end of the day, if the gift isn't under the tree or next to the menorah, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. And I think getting it there is is half the battle.
1: When are you thinking about starting that messaging? Because I always see, you know, certain brands do it so early. You're like, nah, okay, I'm fine. And then you've got the brands that are maybe a little too close that they're definitely, you know, Getting me to act more urgently, which seems to work better. But how are you guys approaching the holiday season? And like when are you going to be kind of giving out those messages of like it's time to order if you actually want this, you know, for Christmas?
0: Yeah. So we we started last year in very early November. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it was early enough. So I think we're gonna start probably closer to Halloween timing this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, just getting ahead of it and keeping it very transparent. We don't wanna be one of those brands that you order something you never know when it's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And so I think getting ahead of uh, delivery delays and timelines, and if we have to do a pre-order, making sure people know it's a pre-order and acknowledging it's a pre-order is, is just really, really important to us.
1: Yep. Yeah. Idea of transparency. Everyone wants that now. It doesn't have to be... You don't have to tell them exactly what they want to hear as long as they just know what's going on. They'll be better off. So what are some big bets you all are placing right now where you're like, I don't really know if this is going to pay off this big campaign, you know, this big launch, whatever it may be, what are the big things you all are doing right now behind the scenes?
0: So I think behind the scenes, when it comes to the marketing mix, we've relied really a lot on Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. And I think as we see some of the struggles impacting with Facebook and Google and third-party cookies, um, we really have to get past this and into some other channels. And so I think we have to redefine what a cookie-less world is and and performance channels outside of those and adjusting our attribution models, to be honest. And so things like radio, things like TikTok are all things we're we're betting on for a successful fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Also taking on product innovation. We have some new colors coming out for the holidays uh, where we have a, a neon collection coming out for back to school. And. A Christmas color coming out for holidays, and so taking more of a chance on newness and freshness, and mm-hmm. not being so kind of uh, afraid to push the envelope on on who we are.
1: Yeah, I think so many people forget about radio too. I mean, many people might view that as like, oh, that's like you know way of the past. But I was looking at stats the other day, and a large majority of people in the U.S. still listen to the radio, far larger than you know podcasts or people who look at YouTube. I mean, it's still a lot of people, and I think sometimes some brands are sleeping on that
0: totally you know traditional radio satellite radio yeah. it's a total untapped you know there's so much saturation all over the place but we think it's it's a really great place to to market
1: yeah yeah i love that all right well let's shift over to the lightning round the lightning round is brought to you by our friends at salesforce commerce cloud this is where i ask a question and you have a minute or less to answer are you ready tyler
0: i'm i'm ready i'm a little scared but i think i'm ready
1: okay what one thing is going to have the biggest impact on e-commerce in the next year?
0: So, I think that the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on e-commerce in the next year is really going to be shipping. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I think the shipping horror stories that we're hearing from both partners here in the U.S. and overseas is it's really expensive. I think we're going to see products, cost of products going up, and I think that the automation and ease of transactions. Is not gonna be as smooth as it's been because of the shipping issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sitting here knowing the fix to all of it, but I think across the board, across consumer products, shipping is gonna have more of a material difference in the next year than we've ever seen before.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is a common answer that I get on the show. So many people saying, I don't know how to fix it. But yeah, shipping and logistics and supply chain, like those are gonna be the biggest issues over the next year that are, they'll be solved though. I'm optimistic. <laughs> Eventually. All right. Next one. When you want to get creative, what do you do?
0: So I'm a huge believer in sweating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that before. Okay. All right.
0: I solve every life issue with sweating. Okay. (laughs) So whether that's hot yoga, whether that's hopping on the Peloton, whether that's hopping out and going to a marathon, I'm going for my 10th next fall. I, I just think that it's the best place for me to do my work yeah. and to build a strategy. And so the power of sweating is, is pretty powerful for me.
1: You can tell you're a good marketer where everyone else would be like, oh, working out, you're like, I'm going to catch your attention with sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. What's up next on your reading list?
0: So next up in my reading list is Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference.
1: Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've heard. Isn't he a CIA guy?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to
1: read that too.
0: It's all about the power of negotiation Mm -hmm. and communication tactics. I went back to grad school for communication after my undergrad was in business, just because I felt like it was the forefront and the foundation of kind of who I needed to be and where I was going. And uh, I I think there's so many different communication tactics that I struggle at as a person, as a leader Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I don't know if Chris Voss is going to solve, but I think it's just pushing an envelope, trying different things, trying different tactics that, uh, is really going to be important to me over the next couple of years.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into that book too. I've heard a lot of good things about it. All right, what is one piece of advice that's always stuck with you throughout your career?
0: So the biggest piece of, well, can I, can I give you two steps? Uh-huh, you that may, you may. All right, so I think the power of the .edu I know it's going to sound weird, but having a dot edu tied to your name, you know, hopefully there's some people listening that are in college or in grad school to have a edu. People want to help you when you're in college. People want to really like people love talking about themselves, one, and people want to help if they're asked to help. And so mm-hmm. I think. College kids need to do a lot better job of using that EDU to reach out. Because I, I think when it changes to a Gmail address, yep. your credibility goes away. Mm. And I think there's a vulnerability aspect when you have that EDU to reach out and ask for help. But my, my biggest piece of advice is from my mentor, Barry Hyde, who's with Wasserman, uh, Wasserman Media Group. He always tells me, if there's an issue and you don't tell me about it, you have a problem. If you tell me, it's our challenge. Mm-hmm. And I tell our team all the time, guys... You gotta let us know there's an issue because I can't help you unless I know. And yeah. so if there's an issue, please tell us, let's address it as a team because I don't want you to feel like you're on an island trying to fight that.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. I love both of those. And I've never <laughs> even thought about the .edu thing, but like brilliant. Of course. Why didn't I do that more when I was in college? I don't know why the teachers don't encourage you to do that more. Or maybe some do, but yeah. that's awesome. All right, Tyler. Well, this has been a very fun interview. I can't wait to check out the umbrellas and become a lifelong user of them. Where can our listeners learn more about Weatherman Umbrella and you?
0: Thank you, Stephanie. So we're weathermanumbrella.com. It's our e-commerce site. We're also on Amazon, but we, uh, we prefer to go to, to weathermanumbrella.com.
1: Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining.
0: All right. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash commerce Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next In Commerce podcast.